Well, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and all through the house is the reminiscing of the year and our featured artist of 2020. Happy holidays, listening friends. We wanted to take some audio snapshots of the artists we featured on our blog each month throughout the year. We thought it would be great to thank each of them for the inspiration they have provided all of us in 2020. We begin with our March artist, Lauren Swachina, our April artist, Brandy Collinborn, May artist, Jen Talley, July artist, Sarah Bolton, August artist, Fabi Brown, September artist, Courtney Weisel, October artist, Lindsay Bowman, and our November artist, Jeannie Pope. Roll the tape and enjoy. Our artist has been in the refinishing business for almost five years. She has received tremendous success on several levels from running her own refinishing business to opening her own shop. She was among five other judges on the Zebra Golden Brush Awards and is a judge for the monthly Zebra Review. She is wife of what she refers to as a patient husband, the mother of three young boys. She is none other than Lauren Swachina of Portland Rose Studio. Welcome, Lauren. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. And you nailed the last name. Ah, good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now, where are you located, Lauren? So I am in Kakana, Wisconsin, about a half an hour from Green Bay. That kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. Just a little small town. We actually moved here. Um, I was in Milwaukee for almost 15 years. And so even though we've been here almost six years, it's still a little bit of adjustment. But finding new things to like every Every year that goes by, there's more and more to like about this area. Well, tell us how you got into furniture refinishing. It really started right after Portland was born. Um, we closed on our first house three days after he was born. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And so it was a lot of big changes all at once. And that's when we moved here to Kakana. So I found myself in a brand new city with a brand new baby and a brand new house. And really, it was just kind of alone. And I had a lot of time during naps and a big house to fill. So I started buying furniture off of Craigslist mostly at that time because marketplace mm -hmm. wasn't really a thing. And while he was napping, I would just kind of do it for fun and, you know, started to really enjoy that process. What would you say your biggest obstacle that you faced when you went from re refinishing to actually starting a business around mm -hmm. refinishing furniture? Well, I have to be completely honest. I really started off so haphazardly that I was very naive to any obstacles. And I've actually experienced probably more obstacles going on as that I did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I had been kind of refinishing things for myself. And really on a whim, I said, you know, I'm going to try to do a piece and sell it. And so I, you know, bought a piece off of Craigslist, got new knobs, got the whole thing, priced it way too cheap, put it on Craigslist and it sold <laughs> within an hour. And literally that same day I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a business. I'm going to be awesome. This is great. <laughs> like I was so optimistic about it. And I think that that really that same day is when I came up with Rose and Bee Furniture. I I mm -hmm. did this silly little mock-up of um, a logo, and I just went for it. You know, I started um, mostly doing things for people I knew. I mean, I started a Facebook page and mm -hmm. got the attention of you know some cousins or some 
you know, friends and um, it, so it grew pretty quickly in the beginning. And so, yeah, I, I feel like I came onto the scene, if you will, at a really good time um, that there wasn't that many people doing what I was doing. So now I think the obstacles going forward have been that so many people are doing this now and, yeah. you know, kind of finding your own voice and your aesthetic in the sea of refinishers has been something that maybe is a bit of a struggle. Well, let's discuss a few of your pieces, Lauren. Let's start with what you refer to as your favorite piece. Describe mm -hmm. it for our listeners and tell us why it's your favorite. Sure. You know, I had a little bit of a issue picking my favorite piece because I don't typically do showstoppers. You know what I mean? I, I stick with pretty traditional pieces. I use a lot of neutral colors. And so at first there wasn't one that really jumped out to me until I thought about this piece. And it's an old buffet. It's got some pretty unusual lines on it. I don't know that I've seen a buffet quite like this one before. And I believe when I first got it, it was already painted. And it was like a gray, kind of like a tacky paint to it. And I decided, being uh, still pretty new to the refinishing game at this point, that this was going to be my first milk paint piece. And I could not have picked a worse <laughs> piece to try this on. I don't know what I was thinking. And at that time, I had just pretty recently developed a friendship with McKenna from Neat and Navy Blue. Her staging and her everything was so different than what everybody else was doing at that time. And I had actually <laughs> written her because she had done this really cool like grain sack striped piece and I just fell in love with it. And I wrote her and I said, I'm, I'm going to try to do the same thing. I would love to do a piece like that. I hope you don't mind. I'm not trying to copy you. I'll, I'll credit you in the idea. Cause like to me at that point, like seriously, it was like talking to a celebrity. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, she was so sweet and so nice and we developed this friendship and she was using all milk paint at that point, And I had, I had never used it. And so with her encouragement and, and kind of her guidance, this was going to be my first milk paint piece. And it gave me every single issue in the book. I couldn't get the paint to stick at all. I couldn't get the, <laughs> the top stripped off. It's like gooey gray paint. Um, I had my dad helping me. My neighbor came over to see what the heck I was doing. <laughs> it was a mess. And when all was said and done, honestly, I was kind of over it. I just didn't even want to look at it anymore. I don't think I even posted it on my Facebook. I just, I had a booth at that time. And so I took it to my booth, stuck it in there, maybe took a few pictures of my booth and that was it. Um, but then McKenna saw one of those pictures and absolutely fell in love with it. And I remember just like kind of apologizing. I'm like, no, it's not that good. No, it's, it's wonky. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> or did and you really? she, yeah, I was like, no, stop it. <laughs> and she, she wouldn't back down. She's like, no, I'm, I'm in love with that piece. I need to buy that piece. So a few months later, I, I marked sold on it. She paid for it. And mm -hmm. um, a, a few months later, she drove from Iowa with her whole family 
came to Wisconsin and got that piece from me. And we've been like best friends ever since then. And wow. there's so many things about that piece that, you know, that it kind of was a confidence builder, I think. Cause you know, looking back, it was like, wow, I really, really made something kind of cute out of it. And even though it was really difficult, but also that it brought me, you know, such a good, good friend. Any idea on the age of this piece? I am not entirely sure, but it's it's definitely handmade because, the, you know, the drawers were a little bit wonky and it, it had a lot of issues. Um, and I do remember this is this has been a while now, but I do remember there was, you know, a, a, a signature on the back, a handwritten signature. So, yeah, it was definitely a one of a kind. Yeah, definitely a treasure. Well, Lauren, this conversation has been so insightful. Uh, lots of great inspiration for our listeners on many refinishing fronts. If you would share your contact information. Sure. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram, both Portland Row Studio. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us, Lauren. Well, thank you so much for having me. This month's featured artist has been refinishing furniture now since 2016. She is incredibly gifted and showcases her abilities with every piece she turns out. They are creative, unique, and definitely a one-of-a-kind. This month's artist was our first place winner in our 2018 Zebra One-of-a-Kind Refinishing Contest. I'm really excited to spend time talking to our April 2020 featured artist, Brandy Collinborn of Brush by Brandy. Welcome, Brandy. Hi, Lane. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for that really flattering introduction, too. You live in California, but you also have some acreage. I mean, that's those two usually don't go together. No, they definitely do not. So we're native Californians. We've lived uh, here our whole life. My husband and I have known each other since we were kids, and we grew up in a fairly you know, populated area. That's the most common is is higher density living here. Let's talk about your furniture finishing business. And I always like to ask this question because I think it's interesting and our listeners enjoy this. But how did you get into refinishing? So it, we have rental property in Sacramento and we had a really bad experience where one of our tenants had left the property and they just destroyed it. And we went in and had to clean it all out. They left all their belongings behind, kind of abandoned it. Um, so we stored all the stuff, which included all their furniture. I ended up leaving it in my garage for like a year. And I came back when I finally could look at it again after we'd you know, gotten over the initial heartbreak of having to fix this house back up. And I had all this furniture and was like, you know, what do I do with it? I I grew up frugal. I'm a frugal girl and I couldn't put it all out on the curb or, you know, so I looked up painting it. You know, when I first started painting, it was sparse as far as knowledge out there. There wasn't a lot of people that were sharing techniques and information at the time. There were just a few that were doing videos and a little bit of blogging. Um, and so I read what I could and I went to the craft store and bought whatever cheap supplies I thought were the right ones. And I painted it and it looked nice. And my husband said, nope, it's not coming in our house because he knew where it came from. <laughs> That it was from our rental. He said, no, I want it gone. Get rid of it. I'm so over this situation. And so I sold it. And then, uh, you know, I did another and I sold it. And then I, I uh, actually had a repeat customer who suggested that I take my, you know, come up with a business name and put it on social media. And I was like, there's a market for this stuff. What? Okay. And I did it. Um, you know, put myself on Facebook and I started lurking in all the groups, you know, all the painting groups. I was watching mm -hmm. and soaking up whatever information I could. 
And then it wasn't for probably a year in that I started actually posting and sharing my own work. But I was in for a while just watching everybody trying to, you know, when I go in something, I'm all in. You are most likely often asked by those stepping into the business or those like yourself that have been refinishing for years, what have you learned over the years that you would like to share with our listeners that you believe will encourage them? And your your first bit of advice is investing in the right tools make a huge difference. Uh, develop that, if you would, for us. Yeah. Um, and this was something that I learned along the way that I love sharing with people because when I first started painting, I didn't know the difference between quality products and not quality products um you know there you get what you pay for with anything and and paint and products are the same way that if you're going to do this and do it um, well it's important to have the right tools in your toolbox and that goes from everything from your paint to your brushes to sprayers and sanders and you, you get what you pay for that I, yeah. I just keep going back to that that if this is something you intend to do in, in uh you know, in the long run, um, as as a hobby or as a business, to make sure that you've got the right tools to do it the best way you can. Your next uh, tip is really insightful as well. And you said, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, share your work, ask questions. Tell us more about that tip. So I feel like a lot of people are hesitant to share their work. Um, and, I, and I'm going to use social media as my example here, but putting it out there on social media, um, you know, putting it out there in a blog, photos with your friends, photos to your customers, anywhere you can, anybody who's willing to look at your work, share your photos with them. And people are afraid to put it out there because they're afraid of the criticism. And here's how I think of criticism. I think of criticism as a tool. If people criticize my work, that is just as much a gift to me as a compliment. Um, so learn how to take criticism. And, and I can think back on some of the most negative comments I've gotten and how I use them to turn it and make my work better. So overall, I found that I found that there's more support out there than negativity. But either way, um, if that's the biggest risk to it, then know that it's a tool for you. Well, I have to warn people this last bit of advice is going to require a little bit of patience. <laughs> and all and not all of us have a lot of patience, but your, your last bit of advice is really good to, to close on. But you say your finish is only as good as your prep. Explain what you mean by that. What you start with as your base, that defines the rest of your finish as well. So if you don't take the time to clean it and degrease it and get rid of any chipping or peeling mm -hmm. in the finish, then everything you lay on top of it is laid on top of grease and dirt, and it's laid on top of chipping and peeling. So so your prep is really you laying the base for this finish. I have to say I probably spend more time prepping a piece than I do actually painting it. Well, let's let's discuss a few of your pieces. Um, let's start with you refer to what you refer to as your favorite piece. I, I, I'm really eager to, to have you uh, talk about this because um, you actually created a piece uh, a number of years ago that you really liked and then you sold it and then you regretted it. And so you've created yeah. another piece like what you had created at that point. And certainly correct me if I'm wrong in that interpretation. No, you're absolutely right. So I did a piece back in 2017 and I really liked it. I, it was a really cool finish with patina paint and metallics and it came out beautiful. And at that point we were still living in our old house and, and I struggled with it. Like, I, I love this finish. I just don't have a place for it. And what do I do? Do I keep a piece of furniture just for the sake of keeping it? You know, and, and I would think in my head, like, I, I can't do this. I can't love them all so much that I want to keep them. I got to let it go. And, and I sold it. And 
Um, <laughs> and I regretted it ever since then. I was like, oh, there's never going to be another one. What did I do? I wish I had it. And so I had a buffet in my house. Um, and I was like, when we move to our new house, I'm going to refinish that buffet. And I felt intimidated because it had to live up to the standards of that original finish that I had. That mm -hmm. was what I had in my head. It had to be that level. So I was nervous that I was just going to disappoint myself. So it sat in my garage for about a year after we moved this this uh, buffet. It was this beautiful Drexel buffet, one of the nicest pieces I've had. And I kept it for myself and, um, you know, solid mahogany, just, um, just gorgeous. So I finally had some time where I was like, okay, I, I'm going to tackle this buffet. And I must have reworked that patina probably three or four times to get it. Because patina is a natural process. Uh, patina paint has metal particles in the paint. And you spray it with a reactive spray and it actually corrodes the metal that's in the paint. Mm. Um, and that's a natural process. So you don't have always total control. You've got to, mm -hmm. you know, spray it and walk away and see what the metal does. And I would come back and there would be spots that were too light. Some were too dark. So I've got to rework those spots. And, and it took me quite a while to get it to where I felt like it was. Um, and I don't know how the first one happened. The first one happened just by pure luck, I think, because I didn't know what I was doing. But I feel like it finally came around to where it was it was uh, a finish I was happy with. And so that's in my in my dining room now, the replica of the piece that got away. And I, <laughs> I really love it. I really do. Brandy, you are a, certainly yeah. a wealth of information and you're so kind and patient to share what you've learned. We love that. And I know our listeners do as well. Share with our listeners how they can reach you. So um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, Pinterest and YouTube. Um, at brushed by Brandy on all of those. Thanks so much for your time, Brandy. And we really look forward to having you back on again soon. Thank you, Elaine. I always enjoy talking to you. You're a wealth of information too. And you bring to the conversation so much information. Um, I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal to put this information out there and give artists this channel to learn from. So thank you for doing this. And thank you for having me on today. Our featured artist is no stranger to the furniture finishing industry, nor to this podcast. She received first place in last year's Zebra Diaries July contest. She has been featured multiple times as a daily Zebra Weekly pick and just received the most likes on a piece back in January and has been selected as the Zebra Furniture Art Weekly selection on more than one occasion. We are excited to have a conversation with our May 2020 featured artist, Jen Talley of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Nice to have you back on, Jen. Hi, Lane. Thank you. I'm excited to be back on. Well, how are you today? I am really good. The sun is shining here after two full days of rain, so uh, that makes me happy. Yes, sunshine makes everybody happy. <laughs> That's great. Yes. When you appeared on our podcast last year, you mentioned you were from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Is that correct? Yes. Now, what's, where, where is Manitowoc? Remind, remind me of, of where that is again. So Manitowoc is, um, we're right on the lakeshore of um, beautiful uh -huh. Lake Michigan. And um, so we're on the northeastern part of the state, right in between um, Milwaukee and Green Bay. So it's a, it's a beautiful place to live um, sometimes of the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> it depends have, on what, what season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have the most perfect, beautiful summer and fall, but winters here are long, to say the least. 
You shared with us uh, last year, Jen, at the podcast that you got into refinishing primarily because you were trying to furnish your home. You were looking for good furniture, couldn't find it at mainstream furniture stores and ended up searching out used solid built furniture for sale, refinishing them in your own style, sharing the photos with others. And with the encouragement from friends, you started your own business. Do I get five stars on my paraphrase of your entry into refinishing or did I mess it up royally? <laughs> no, absolutely. Five stars. I can't believe that. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I, I always think it's important to hear the history of refinishers and how they got their start. Well, what challenges did you face early on once you started to make the furniture refinishing an official business? I think that... Uh, I, I'm sure I've talked about this before on on the podcast or in my stories, but I do think that um, one of the biggest uh, problems that I faced or challenges that I faced was just like trusting myself and not like overthinking things too much. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, when you first start with anything, you're going to you know, you're, you're going to question things more because over time you just build that experience and you build that confidence so that, you know, that helps. But I think in the beginning, it's just the constant like questioning of like, you know, am I doing this right? Are other people going to like this? Should I do this color or this finish? And just mm -hmm. there's, there's so much out there that you're just not sure of. So I think there's a lot um, in the beginning of just like that uncertainty yeah, and I guess you go from, you know, creating pieces for yourself for your own home, not really overthinking it to the point of you're now creating this, you're either doing it in commission for someone who's dictating everything, or you're trying to figure out what's going to sell, which does put you in more of an analytical mode. Right, exactly. I was going to say, I think another challenge is, is just that, you know, trying to find that yeah. balance of like, should I should I do this piece so that it will sell quicker or should I stick with my gut and go more artsy on it or is this a commissioned piece and I need to stick strictly with what this client wants so there's yeah. there's a lot of factors that go into it well let's discuss a few of your pieces Jen uh I really like what you wrote on your Instagram account about this first piece that we're going to talk about. You said, this is my favorite piece, hands down, without a doubt, my favorite piece ever. <laughs> you were referring to a buffet that has all kinds of chippy goodness in it. Tell us about it. Yeah. So that I think that still is my hands down number one favorite piece ever. I bought that buffet um, a couple of years ago. It was actually in the basement of a house that was going to be in it, um, going out for sale. They were going to have an estate sale, but the lady who was selling the house was a follower of mine on Facebook and reached out to me and just said, Hey, I have some furniture. If you want to come and look at it before we have the estate sale. And of course I jumped on that, um, and went over there and I, I can't remember if I got anything else from that house. Um, but that buffet was in this basement that was, you know, definitely like old school, you know, cellar, <laughs> kind of scary basement. Um, but it was, I knew it was, I had to have it. So we got that um, loaded and home. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. And I had just, that was when I just kind of started using milk paint. And um, I was working on it outside in the summer. And it wasn't super hot or anything, but definitely sun was out. And after I got the first coat on, it literally, like, once it dried, I put my hand over the piece and the paint just, like, 
fell off, like all of it. It just, just came off. Um, and so I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, what am I doing wrong? And I, I was started to get frustrated and, you know, maybe I should, maybe I made the wrong decision by using milk paint on this piece. Um, but decided to, you know, give it another go. I think I might've like moved the buffet, like a little bit out of the sun, like into the shade, mm-hmm. thinking that that might be the issue. So then the second coat got that on and it, pretty much did the same thing. And I was so close to just being like, forget it, I'm done. But then like a light bulb went off and I'm like, you know what? This is what this piece is meant to do. Like this is what it wants to do and I need to stop fighting it. So I think that I did like a third coat. So with each coat, I got a little bit more of the paint to stick or adhere. Mm-hmm. And, but but still a lot of it came off, but it was so like, it was so random where it where it came off and where it didn't. So I was just like, you know what? That's it. I'm I'm doing it. So then after it after it was done chipping and I sealed it, I just like looked at it like it was this work of art. Like to me, it just was so perfectly imperfect in every way that it was like this is a hundred percent me. Like it's it's everything that I'm about. You know, it's about finding a 100% one of a kind piece of furniture that absolutely nobody else will have. Um, and especially with that piece and kind of with milk paint in general, I tell people it is such um, a unique look that is so hard to replicate. So mm-hmm. even if someone were to come to me and say, I love that piece so much, can you do that for me? There's no way I could um, replicate that look. I could maybe try to make it look similar, but it's just not possible. So then, you know, once I kind of had that, like, oh my gosh, this is like one of a kind. It's so unique. It's, it's so me. I just, I just, I loved it. So I kept it in my house for, I think for two years, I just, I couldn't bring myself to sell it because I loved it so much. Um, and never, ever thought, never thought I would sell it. But, um, ironically enough, I just sold it, um, a couple months ago, we just, we decided to do some redecorating in here and being a furniture refinisher, refinisher, um, (laughs) furniture kind of comes, comes and goes a lot, which I'm okay with because then as soon as you decide to redecorate, you know that you can find something else. Um, the something else will come along at some point. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I was as much as I loved it and I still love it. I was, I was done with it. I was done with it in my house. And, um, put it up for sale on my Facebook page. And I think with it, within, you know, an, an hour it was gone. So I mm-hmm. knew that, you know, other people appreciated, appreciated that uniqueness of it too. It has such an aged look about it, which is mm-hmm. what's so cool about it. And even the knobs you chose, um, was that a difficult process choosing the hardware? Yeah, because the knobs that I chose in the pictures that you see on my Instagram page, I think they're like kind of modern, like geometrical Mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. And I loved, I loved that contrast. Um, But uh, so they looked kind of modern. The piece looked kind of old. And I just, I love the way that it looked together. But I remember doing a poll or a question either on my Instagram or Facebook and asking thoughts, you know, what do you guys think? Do you like these knobs or these knobs? And the other knobs were just kind of a plain matte matte black knob. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what everyone else um, chose. So I switched the knobs out to the matte black and that's what they stayed at while they were in my house. And that's, um, 
that's how the piece left my house too. So I loved both options. Um, the matte black was just a little bit, I think, more classic and a little bit safer. Thanks so much, Jen. And thanks for being our May 2020 featured artist. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hello, listening friends. Here at Zebra, we enjoy highlighting each month a furniture refinisher that has made tremendous strides in the industry, setting standards and creating style, and of course, promoting unity in the community. Hey, that has a nice ring. July's featured artist certainly fulfills our checklist and more. We are eager to have a great conversation today with our friend and featured artist, Sarah Bolton of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. She has won multiple awards in the last year and has been featured on our podcast several times. Listen in as we learn more about Sarah and the details behind her venture into furniture finishing. Sarah, from Kentucky to Indiana. Yes. It's so weird. Gary just said yesterday, he's like, does Indiana feel like home to you? I'm like, no, I don't know that it ever will. But it's uh, actually where I grew up in Kentucky and Louisville. We were told like Indiana was like the dark side. <laughs> really? <How laughs> yeah, <funny. laughs> like I don't know what it was. It was just sort of like a the stigma about Indiana. Um, but it's honestly, it's quieter over here. And um, we moved over here for the schools. But um, uh-huh. I still find myself saying that I'm from Louisville because just, people just know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you were telling us on another podcast though. You're you're really not that far. I mean, what what's like the distance from where you used to live in Kentucky to where you live in Indiana? It's about a 40 minute drive. It's and that's how long it takes. Gary still works in Louisville. It takes about 40 minutes to get there. But to get to like downtown Louisville, it's like 28 minutes. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's really it's yeah, close. They call it um, Kentuckyana. They call this whole area Kentuckyana. Like, oh, really? it's just all. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like, I don't know. There's a bunch of bridges and there's a lot of commuting. It's just kind of one big area. Well, if you get homesick, you just hop in the car and drive 45 minutes south, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, the big question, tell us how you got into refinishing. You know, when people ask me this, I sometimes have to stop and think because it's hard to like pinpoint. Um, I always go back to the same pair of end tables that I saw on Pinterest. It was like when Pinterest really exploded and everybody had these really cute dark wood topped end tables with white legs. And we've always lived on a budget and I've always had... Uh, Gary calls it champagne taste on a beer budget. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted these pretty tables and I saw like the exact same ones on Marketplace, but they were orange, you know, orangey oak. And I asked Gary's dad, being a cabinet maker, like, what do I need to do to make these look like this? And he told me what type of sandpaper and what type of stain and top coat and all of that. And, um, I also like to redecorate. So I only had them about six weeks and I got bored with them and I thought, I wonder how much I could sell these for. And I put them on Marketplace and so many people wanted them. And it just sort of got this little fire in my head. Like, I wonder if I could do this all the time, you know, like find pieces and fix them up and make them prettier and sell them. And I didn't put a whole lot of research into it. I would say for like the first year. And I don't know how seriously I took myself. It was just more of like a, just a fun hobby. Um, You know, I didn't really even tell people I did it. I was just, I'm just a stay at home mom. And then it was January of last year of, is that right? Of 2019. Gosh, it feels like that's not that long ago. I think it was that I decided, you know what? I'm going to completely 
turn this into a business and figure out the best paints, the best products, the right way to do this. Um, you know, fi- I, I didn't know how to fix veneer or, you know, sanding yeah. off finishes and all of that stuff. Um, so I really started looking for the people that inspired me the most. And I felt like I was reaching out to celebrities. Um, one of them was Natalie at a ray of sunlight. And, oh, mm-hmm. she is a wealth of information yeah, and she's she really so is. kind and so generous. I mean, if you ask her a question, she's going to give you every single detail of <laughs> you know, from, from beginning to end. Um, and I started asking questions and then I found this community and it's just kind of all exploded from there. What type of paint do you enjoy using the most or is it a variety of different types of paints? I really love all different types of paints for different pieces. You know, I love, sometimes I think I need to like pick a lane and stay in it. You know, like I should mm-hmm. only do this, but I've never done that. And it's never been, you know, just something I'm drawn to. So I like doing the really clean, pristine finishes, which I think, you know, are better suited for mineral paint. But then I also like like a really worn, chippy, distressed finish and doing milk paint. Um, You know, chalk paint's great for certain types of distressing. So I really, I love trying all the different types that are out there. And there's still so many that I even haven't tried. Well, let's discuss a few of your pieces, Sarah. And we're going to start with your favorite piece. This dresser has the works, doesn't it? I mean, it's got, I mean, it's such a cool piece. So tell, tell us all about it. Describe it for our listeners. I get so excited talking about furniture. I'm like, (laughs) okay. So I found that piece on marketplace and it was really cheap. And I asked questions like, you know, does drawers work? You know, I don't care if they're sticky or, but do they at least, you know, function somewhat? Um, And all the questions checked out, but I sent Gary to get it. And I was really nervous because I'm like, there's got to be something drastically wrong because that's a really cool piece to be so cheap. And he came back with it and we got it out. And I think I immediately took a picture. I think the the before picture is mm-hmm. literally as after he pulled it out of the truck. And I immediately dove into it, started cleaning it. All of the finish was flaking and really textured, not in a good way. And so I was like, okay, all this finish is going to have to come off. So I started pulling the drawers out, taking the hardware. And that's when I discovered that bottom drawer. And I don't know that I've ever squealed so much (laughs) because I've never, (laughs) I'd seen people with buffets, like I've seen buffets with like hidden drawers, but Mm -hmm. I'd never seen a dresser with a, you know, like a bottom drawer like that. So I immediately decided it was going to be dark green. And I usually try to stick with my, with my gut instincts. I always tell people go with your gut, but go with your gut doesn't always mean your initial reaction. It just means Mm -hmm. go with your instincts. So I got that whole piece. I think I spent like four days sanding it just because that finish was, I mean, all those little details, I had to get it all out of there. Mm -hmm. And um, all of the drawers were sticky. So I had to sand all the sides down the backs. I mean, the entire thing got a, got a good scrubbing and sanding. And uh, I got it painted dark green and I hated it. (laughs) I did. um, And it just wasn't, it just, I don't know if something about the style of the piece of that color just wasn't jiving. So I went downstairs and grabbed a blue and a green that I had and mixed them together. And that's what that color was. I took all of the, uh, maybe I, th- I can't remember if one of the keyhole covers was missing. They were either missing or damaged. Mm-hmm. So I took them off and I ordered those, the ones that are on there from uh, Kennedy hardware is a website I hadn't heard of and their walnuts, which matched 
the wood on the top and I mm-hmm. whitewashed them as well as the top um, just to give it sort of a, you know, a pale wood look. Mm-hmm. And my plan was to take the casters off. I just felt like they looked kind of awkward. So I put it on its back to take them off. And that's when I discovered they were porcelain. And I was like, I can't take these off. <laughs> I've never seen porcelain casters. <laughs> uh, and so between, and then it had, um, I had to do some drawer repairs and all of the nails holding the drawers together were hand cut square nails and just all of that character and history. I was like, I have to keep this. You know, you know, a piece is right when you look at it and you would, you don't say, well, I, I like it, but I would change this or change that on it. I mean, it's like, it's complete, you know, you wouldn't change anything on it. Was yeah. the paint that you mixed, was it fusion? No, it was the Chippy Barn. Okay. Wow. This is phenomenal. Now, did you keep this piece or did you sell it? I did keep it. And that's why when I, the picture of it, I put our family, the latest family picture that we have on there. Cause I yeah, just, I yeah, knew I was like, this, this has to be ours. <laughs> it's yeah, downstairs cool. holding um, antique tools. Actually, Gary's got a collection of like antique tools. I don't even know where he got them, but <laughs> they're all stored uh-huh. in that. Ah, but that looks good. That's cool. Yeah. Well, this is excellent information for everyone, Sarah, whether a novice or veteran. We love how sharing what works for you inspires and helps others. Thanks so much, Sarah. And thanks for being our July 2020 featured artist. Thank you. It's such an honor. Well, here's to growing and bringing awareness to this great community of furniture refinishers. Thank you, Lane. This podcast is sponsored by Zebra, makers of the high-quality yet affordable line of paintbrushes. We set out this season to create unique paintbrush kits that provided all the brushes you need for different types of applications. We have our furniture paintbrush kit, detail kit, room makeover kit, crafting kit, and our best of Zebra paintbrush kit that features five of our most popular brushes. All kits come in a canvas bag with a cute saying printed on them. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, take a few minutes and go to enjoyzebra.com to see the selections. We are introducing you to our featured artist for August, someone who we have followed now for a while. She incorporates so much creativity in each of her pieces, but each piece is so well balanced and is never overdone or over refinished. We are excited to have a conversation with our August 2020 featured artist, Fabby Brown of Blush and Ivy Design. Hi, Fabby. It's so great to highlight you as our featured artist on the blog and to chat with you on our podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to ask you about the weather, but we'll need to find out where you live first. So where are you from? I am from Southern California, and I live in a small town named Covina, which is about 20 miles east of downtown Los Angeles. Wow. So you live close to the big city. Did you grow up in California? I did grow up in California. I actually grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I lived there until I was 14 years old. And then we moved to Covina and I've just been here ever since. Wow. Now, what do you like about Covina? Um, It's a nice uh, suburban, quiet, small town. I just love it. You kind of have the best of both worlds. You live in a small town, but if you want to go to the big city, you can go to the big city, not too far away. Exactly. And then we're only about 40 minutes from the beach. So that's also great. Oh, wow. That is so nice. So tell us how you got into refinishing. So it's actually a funny story. My entire post-collegiate career was in finance. So nothing to do with 
you know, uh, painting furniture. And no. um, <laughs> yeah, it was just like a completely different spectrums. But um, I found that that just took so much time away from me being with my family. Like I would leave to work and um, I would leave early morning. They were sleeping. I'd come home, they were sleeping. So I decided to start a small business. And initially I was a broker selling new furniture. And we then moved into a new home where we wanted to get certain types of furniture, but at the time um, could not afford them. So I was like, let me, I probably can paint these. And then one day I just had the epiphany, like maybe I can sell this stuff. And sure enough, I posted something on OfferZub and it got picked up the same day. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to leave this brokering uh, business because it was just so mundane and boring um, that I was not doing anything creative. And this was just good for just being able to express myself creatively and make money off of it was like the best of both worlds. So that's how I got into uh, refinishing furniture. Yeah, that's it really is like a dream come true for you then, isn't it? It really is. What is your favorite part of refinishing? I think for me, my favorite part of refinishing is just basically seeing the, so let's say like when I pick up a piece and, uh, you know, it's been forgotten, abandoned, no one wants it. And then just seeing like the final product of how it turned out to, you know, see that this piece can continue on and live in someone's house and um, be a piece that they can treasure for a long time is like very, very rewarding for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about the hardest part of refinishing? Oh goodness, there's so many um, <laughs> different, uh, there's so many different scenarios that can take place and every piece is so different. So for instance, I just uh, did this mid-century cabinet and I painted it in black and um, I was even talking about it in my stories. I was having a really hard time polyurethaning it and um, it was just being, you know, it was very streaky and not Mm -hmm. anything like what I would ever put out. So right now that was the hardest piece that I've had to work on in a very long time is getting that polyurethane to really do what it's supposed to do on this black piece. Well, I'm sure that um, the experience that you've had, even though you run into some of those challenges, you're able to overcome them pretty well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about your favorite piece. You really highlighted wood grain on this, and it is really beautiful as well. What's the story on this piece? So that piece I actually got from um, one of my um, people that I get the furniture from. And out here in the West Coast, we rarely see pieces like that. I've never done a piece like that. That's my first time. I painted it in that olive color. And then um, I was going to initially paint the entire piece, but that wood grain, I just could not bring myself to cover it. It was just so beautiful. So I left those two drawers with the raw exposed wood and I just added a little bit of hemp oil to them and it brought up that beautiful color. And then I added some white um, milk glass uh, knobs and it just made the whole piece pop. And now that dresser, I never sold it. I actually ended up keeping it and now it belongs to my daughter, my oldest daughter. Well, that's nice that uh, you're able to keep it. Do you find it difficult to sell certain pieces that you kind of fall in love with? Yes, all the time. I'm sure you probably do like some folks, and that is you keep them for a while uh, until you realize you're running out of space, and then you're kind of forced to sell them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> I bet your husband's like, wait a minute, I thought you were doing this one to sell, and now I see it in our family room. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, I'll just be here for a little while. <laughs> That's right. I'm making sure that I'm finished with it, that I've done everything I need to do to it, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm testing it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the first testimonial for that piece, <laughs> for every piece, actually. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> You are certainly an inspiration on many levels. We really appreciate it. And thanks as well for being our August 2020 featured artist. I really do appreciate um, the, the, and I'm very honored to be featured. Um, I was shocked, floored. I was in tears when I received the message. My husband's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, oh my gosh, you don't understand. <laughs> they recognized me. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it was great. It was great. It's it, I, and I'm thank you so much. Well, that makes our day. So thanks for sharing that as well. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Our featured artist is no stranger to our refinishing community. She has been on the cusp of creativity and furniture refinishing, blowing all of our minds with the details she puts into so many of her pieces. We are excited to have a conversation with our September 2020 featured artist, Courtney Weisel of Steel Birch Studios. Hi, Courtney. You've been on our podcast many times, and so we're really excited to have you on today and honor you as our September 2020 featured artist. How are you? Hey, Lane. I'm great, and thank you so much. I'm so honored, and wow. And by the way, your website looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we, there's a lot of effort that was put into that. So, yeah, we've gotten some really cool feedback on it. So we're, we're excited to see that thing up and seeing people enjoy it. So thanks for that. Well, I already am. So thank you. <laughs> Very good. So you guys are in Charleston, South Carolina. I mean, that that is such a beautiful place. How long have you lived there? Thanks. It is. Um, I, I think we're coming on 10 years. We uh, man, it, it went by so quickly. <laughs> we, um, we both lived in, uh, New York city beforehand and we were dating then and just kind of really Charleston was a random choice across. I, I had never been to Charleston and we just mm -hmm. kind of up and moved here and that's, you know, I was younger and we were just kind of being kids, I guess, but <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's been a great place to settle down and, you know, the city is so much different than it was even, you know, last year you know so many things are going up and getting developed and you know but it still has its old charm which is something that we love and you know i'm from syracuse new york originally and it's probably snowing there right now so i'm very <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'll trade uh, humidity for that you know That's any right. day well courtney you were on episode six of this season and we talked about how you overcame alcoholism and i would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that episode it's incredibly inspiring um, having said that, I would like for you to sort of recap your story on a high level, if you would. So I started refinishing furniture after um, I had a bit of a restart in life. When I was 28 years old, I, um, I, I, I guess I could say, I couldn't say willingly because I was not ready to go to treatment and I was not ready to stop drinking. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, uh, things caught up with me and I had to get help. And, you know, that was the changing, you know, that was a turning point in my life and, um, was the beginning of me finding my passions and, and my identity and, you know, things I love to do and who I am. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was just so important for me to a, get my life and my health back. And then mm -hmm. also just to like, okay, what do I love? 
You know, what do I love to do? How am I going to support myself? You know, those are, not everybody gets that chance to, you know, start over and, and figure those things out. And I've just been so fortunate that my story is, you know, no matter how messy, you know, it, it's brought me to where I am today. And I'm just incredibly thankful for the opportunity I had and for the people that helped me and gave me a second chance and my husband, you know, who stuck by me. So I, you know, I eventually, after I was in treatment for about a year, I'll say, um, you know, I just started making all natural skincare and I decided instead of bartending, I was going to, you know, start my own business. And at first, you know, it's just a little, you know, like maybe someday someone will buy these things, you know, and now <laughs> my, my products are in Charleston, you know, all, all around and um, actually in, in other states as well. So it's, you know, it's just like so cool to be able to see people buying my products and, you know, knowing that. I put my heart and my soul into every one I make and they're healthy and all natural. And, um, and I donate a portion of each sale to help people get into treatment for alcoholism mm -hmm. and addiction as well. I think in the past year we were able to contribute, um, to one person's recovery. And I think mm -hmm. overall we've, um, helped about four people get into treatment because, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's surprising. Alcoholics and addicts, they don't have money when <laughs> it's time for them to get right, help and pay right. for it. You know, surprise. Yeah. I want to be able to give someone the same opportunity I had, you know, and yeah. finances, you know, shouldn't be a reason that someone doesn't get help. So right. that was really important to me. Let me ask you this important question. What do you enjoy the most about refinishing furniture? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> the before and after. I mean, I think that anybody can really attest to that. Like, this thing was like getting thrown out on the street and like people would pay to get it taken away. Right. And now it's like you get, you just transform it and you know, however you do, however you do the transformation, you turn it into something completely different. And someone is like so excited to pick it up and can't wait to put it in the you know center of their home. Mm -hmm. You know, that just the process is really, really cool. And I mean, sometimes it's, a lot of work to get it to like, you know, the junk on the road to the masterpiece in someone's home. But you know, that, that before and after is really, really rewarding. Well, we're going to end our discussion on your favorite piece. Um, but I have to share that this piece as well is a favorite among a lot of people as it <laughs> won the, the best MCM in our 2019 golden brush awards. And it was also featured as the Zebra Furniture Art back in November of 2019. Mm. Describe it for us and tell us why it's your favorite. <laughs> Yay! Um, the Brasilia is my favorite for many reasons, but a lot of what you just said. I mean, I was just so taken back by uh, winning the Golden Brush Awards with it. And I don't, I, it was just incredibly, I don't know, we, you put in so much work into all of these ideas and it's just for other people to like love what you do it's so cool so um super honored to have it picked but this one um the brasilia itself is one of those like iconic pieces from mid-century time and it's just i mean it, it's like there's not a piece like it you know so mm -hmm. the different details and curves and um the wood grain it's just so gorgeous and originally this was um, completely spray painted with brown. So it was uh, very ugly, <laughs> you know, and I, it took me a bit to appreciate like just how wonderful this piece was and like the, the craftsmanship of it. And it, I just, my, my plan in the beginning was to just strip it and, you know, see what was underneath. And as soon as I 
was getting through the different finishes, I was just like seeing the, the walnut wood grain underneath. And I was like, mm -hmm. man, I really want to preserve this like authentic natural wood look, you know, and, um, and trying to figure out a way to balance it with the different um, carvings on the front. And um, around this time too, I had been asked by Ch the Chippy Barn to um, help launch their uh, new paint line with um, all the different artists that were featured for different paint colors. And I was asked to do um, Finimbo's, uh, Jen, her name is Jen uh, mm -hmm. from Finimbo to do eucalyptus and it was such a pretty green and it was like you know I'm like you know what? this green actually like works in my home and this would look <laughs> really really good with this wood grain I'm like revealing from this piece and you know it kind of just all came together perfectly I needed to use this paint and I also wanted to keep the wood grain so like how do I balance the two mm -hmm. and it was a lot of trial and error like at first you know how much how much more do I strip how much more do I paint and um I think I even played around on my computer a little bit, you know, playing with uh, different mm -hmm. um, blocking different colors. And if this was wood and this part at the bottom was wood, you know, where should I put the paint? You know, so I was playing around a little bit, a lot of brainstorming and it just ended up turning out. It's, it's a very simple design, but it's, it's uh, unique still. So a lot of it's the piece itself, but just the colors and, I don't know. It all came together and it's just breathtaking and I kept it. So I, I don't keep oh, nice. pieces very often. So <laughs> it's one of those. Well, so you, you can continue to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, Courtney, it's such a pleasure to honor you by featuring you this month, having you on the podcast and allowing the community to stop, look and admire your work and your talents. I mean, your story is really incredible and we all are so happy for you and your husband and your little one on the way. <laughs> we look forward to having you on again and we'll talk soon. Now go put your feet up and rest at least for a few minutes. <laughs> you deserve it, Courtney. <laughs> Thanks again. Oh, gosh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> All right, you take care. Take care. Today we get to announce our October featured artist. She is experienced, gifted at picking the right projects to dramatically transform old and ordinary pieces into lifelong treasures. That talented artist is none other than Lindsay Bowman of Rustic Owl Furnishings. Hi, Lindsay. It's so cool to have you as our featured artist for October and chat with you on the podcast this week. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on, and I'm doing great today. Listen, I Good. did a little research and discovered that you are really not too far from where I lived when I was young. I lived really? in a little town called Yep. I lived in a little town called Durand. Are you familiar with Durand? Oh, yeah. Actually, my mom grew up there. Really? Uh, yeah. That's, that's cool. So you live in Owasso. Mm -hmm. Is she still living in Durand, or does she live in Owasso? She lives in Owasso now. Yep. But she went to Durand High School and. Now, it's interesting because it's been many years since I was in Michigan. Uh, actually, we moved out of Michigan when I was eight. And it's funny because my youngest daughter is nine. And so I'm like, I moved about the same time that she is. So it's really, I guess when you think of the whole scheme of things, it's a short amount of time of your life, right? Right. <laughs> but I had a lot of really good memories. We lived on a street. I had a bunch of friends on that street and we would play hiding seek at night and ball and all kinds of things. We had a lot of fun because it's been so long. I have a few questions. Is Durand mm -hmm. like, is it a town or is it more of like a district? Like what is, is it, what's Durand today? Is it like grown? I believe it's a city. I believe it's considered a city now. Okay. Yep. Cause it, cause it, and it was small. Best, yeah. <laughs> 
is growing a bit. <laughs> they have um, a lot of good restaurants there now. And uh, of course, the train depot. And that's a uh-huh. big hub for a lot of traveling. Oh, well, that's, that's so cool. It's a small yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> so how long exactly have you been refinishing? Um, I've been refinishing for, I think, it's going on three years. Wow. So you've you've been in it long enough to establish a business and to really sort of know your way around the refinishing techniques and all the different brands and colors and different types of paint. Um, wh- tell me, what's your favorite part of refinishing? I think my favorite part would be getting to the painting. Um, everything up to the painting is just the nitty gritty. You have to do it kind of stuff. And I enjoy painting the most. That pre-stuff is like laborious and in- intensive. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. So what's your favorite style of furniture to work on? I love those old, old dressers. Like, I think my favorite ones to do would be the three or four drawer little chests. I love those. Every time I see them, I love to just scoop them up. And I know this is sort of a, maybe a tough question, but like, what's the oldest piece do you think you've ever worked on? Like how, how many years back do you think it, it would be? I think it, I think the oldest one I ever worked on, and I would only be guessing, but it was probably middle 1800s. Oh, wow. Now were you, does that, does that make you nervous working on them when they're that old? Or I guess it depends on if you own it or if it's a commission piece. <laughs> um, I bought that one. So I was I wasn't too nervous about it. Yeah, usually they're hand-built, and so there's not really... You can, really can't find out much information about it other than, yeah. you know, what kind of joinery they used, and then you can kind mm-hmm. of date it back to, well, this was only popular between, you know, 1800 and 1900. And now, what type of paint do you enjoy using the most? Um, I started out using Fusions paint. Um, I think they are an acrylic-based paint. I love that one just has like a built-in top coat so it's extremely durable um and then i think it was about a year ago i discovered the chippy barn paint which is a ceramic based paint mm-hmm. and um that one has just kind of blown me away I, I find myself using that one more and more just the self-leveling properties are i don't even think i found a paint that kind of compares to that just zero brush strokes every time well, the zero brush strokes, to be honest with you, is probably because you're using zebra paintbrushes. Yes, I do. I exclusively <laughs> use those. <laughs> no, I don't want to short circuit the Chippy Barn because they do have phenomenal paint as well as Fusion. Mm-hmm. But it is neat to have that self-leveling paint property to it that uh, smooths it out. But mm-hmm. we certainly tout the fact that our smooth filaments produce smooth results. So now the first furniture piece we'll discuss, Lindsay, is what you call your favorite piece. And it was a French provincial chest of drawers. It's not French provincial any longer. (laughs) Describe (laughs) the current look for us and tell us about the refinishing process. Yeah, I, that one was actually a commission piece. Um, She wanted it. She actually messaged me a picture of a mid-century modern dresser that I did and wanted the same look. And so I had the French provincial to show her and she absolutely hated it. (laughs) And, um, she's like, I hate the poles. And I'm like, well, those can be changed. So I'm like, we can do a modern twist on this. And she's like, I'm completely trusty, which is always nice to hear. So she just gave me the color she wanted to use. And then she said, do whatever you want with it from there. Just get rid of those poles is what she said. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was so, the easy part, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I painted the whole body with that because I, I wanted to save the top and do a wood top, but there was quite a bit of damage on the corners. They were all busted off. So I did have to bondle those. Um, so then I had to paint it. So I painted that and the sides, and then I did a wash, which is just paint and water mixed together. I usually try to do a one-to-one and then kind of just wash it over like a stain, let it sit for, for a few minutes and then wipe it back. Um, so I did that on the three bottom ones and then I painted the top and then I ordered modern pools and it just gave it a whole complete different look. I was in love with it. She was too. At what point did you show her like update photos of what you did? Did you wait till you got it like completed or did you show her some uh, pictures like as you got to, you know, a, a specific stage? I did show her the drawers sanded down to bare wood because I wanted to show her what the grain would look like before I washed it um, to see if, if she liked that or if she wanted me to paint the whole thing. But then after that, I didn't send her pictures till it was done and she was really excited. She's actually using it for her nursery. So I thought it was a really, really calming, tranquil piece to use in her nursery. It is so cool. And I think you even mentioned this, I believe, on your Instagram account with this piece that uh, just that you're able to take it from one style to a whole new style. And but it's cool, though, because you know, it's not total MCM. I mean, you still have some reflections there of the French provincial, but you don't see it as French provincial. So it's just, it's such a unique piece. It's, you you yeah. did a phenomenal job on that. Thank you. Yeah, I was pretty jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said, now, wait a minute, I changed my yeah, mind. I, I think don't I'll keep like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see why it's your favorite piece. It really is an incredible transformation. Thank you. Lindsay, thank you for being our Zebra October featured artist. It is really great highlighting you and your incredible talents. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I was super honored that you asked, and October is my favorite month of the year, so I was even more excited. Yeah, it's perfect timing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Today, we have the privilege to highlight November's featured artist. Our featured artist is a popular refinisher with a wide range of style, turning heads in the refinishing world. She is a Zebra Collective judge and first place winner of one of our Furniture Feud podcast segments. Now the one and only Jeannie Pope with Blush Vintage. Welcome back to the podcast, Jeannie. Hi, Lane. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for letting me be your November feature. It was like a dream come true. <laughs> Well, it's, it's exciting to feature you because you're quite talented. Oh, thanks. Okay, back to Jeannie. Now, let's start off finding out where you are on the map. I am in a western suburb of Chicago. Okay, so do you guys go to Chicago often? When, when we were younger, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's that mean? <laughs> are you becoming dormant? <laughs> younger and the possibilities were endless for the evening yes but um not as much now you know not yeah. as much opportunity but more um you know different things more like museums the lake more family type you know um american girl store that sort of thing <laughs> what's your like how did you get into refinishing and like how long have you been refinishing Jeannie? Well, like so many people, I started doing things for myself. And then um, 
there was just, you know, one time I had this piece that I, it was a very specific alcove. Um, but then I found something else I liked way better. And I was like, oh, well, well, I'll just sell this. And it was kind of when the Facebook mom groups were just starting on Facebook. And then I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Like I can keep creating things because I, I love it. I need to have a project brewing, contemplating that I'm thinking about. And I can keep creating things and, um, you know, not fill my house. <laughs> There's only so many pieces you can do for your, for yourself. And I just love it. I love working with my hands. I like getting dirty. I like feeling physically exhausted at the end of the day on those, you know, especially those prep days when you're sanding your life away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's something that feels really, really good about that. Yeah, it's it's rewarding, and like you said, there, it is nice to to work hard, and then I don't know, especially if there's some physical ailments or uh, aspects of it, so that you can rest well at night. It does give you a, a better night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favorite part of refinishing? Oh gosh, I think the maybe the be, the very beginning where the the hunting something down, finding something like hmm, contemplating what's it, what could it be. Um, mm -hmm. What direction should I go? Um, I love that part or going, you know, into a thrift store and just like, who knows what you'll find. Sometimes it's, yeah. you know, you find zero. Sometimes you find a bunch of pieces and you load up the minivan and <laughs> haul it all home. You just, <laughs> I like the, the, the possibilities, you know, of what could be. I think that's fun. Well, I got to ask you, you know, if, what's your favorite part? Well, what, is there any part of refinishing that you dread that you're like, oh, I know I got to get through this to get to that? Oh, of course, the cleaning and the sanding. I mean, there is something very, <laughs> there is something oddly satisfying about it, though. It's like once when you start, um, you know, cleaning or when you start um, also then when you start sanding, it's like, oh, and you're like looking down like you start at one corner and you're looking at the rest of the piece. You're like, oh, man. But then as you get like towards the end, you're like, oh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's yeah. almost time for the fun to begin, you know. Yeah, right. So, you just got to hang on. Yes, yeah. So you got to you got to hang on and be and have a lot of energy for that day. <laughs> you know, yes. Because that's a lot of work. It is. Um, it really is. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into the specific pieces that we're going to chat about today. Well, the next piece is a piece that you made into two pieces and you say that it's your favorite. And so did you buy this piece? Was it given to you? Was this for a client? Tell, tell us a little bit about this piece. Oh, I came across this piece. It's, it's a buffet or credenza. And then it had a hutch top, a matching hutch top that goes on top of it. And I came across it at the thrift. And I was like, oh, should I? Shouldn't I? And I texted Emily, one of the, also one of the furniture art collective, you know, judges um, from 1379 mm -hmm. Design. And I said, do I get this? Do I not choose? Are you crazy? <laughs> you better get that. And it was only $20. So I don't oh know why goodness. I was Are like, serious? yeah, but sometimes, well, that's, I think I was thinking about, it was intricate and there was a lot of work that was going to go into it. So even though it was only $20, I was thinking, okay, is this going to be worth it for me for the amount of time that it, you know, that it would take to do this sort of thing? Um, but I bought it because she told me to. <laughs> So you, so you've got this this piece that's in two pieces, and I s assume they went to different customers. Yes, yes, they did. Well, the first the first part I worked on was the the lower half, 
and mm-hmm. it had this really neat um the top drawer i think i believe it's called a butler's pantry mm-hmm. or a butler's buffet i, I, mm-hmm. I i'm not sure i can't remember but it it looks like a drawer but and you pull it out but then it flaps down like a secretary desk and then there are all these little slots in there and um two little doors in the middle and it had it did have um a key but i it did not come with a key so i went to uh, house of antique hardware and ordered a ring of reproduction antique keys which have come in handy Mm -hmm. use the other ones for other pieces but i found a key that fit this one so yeah (laughs) i don't know where i was going (laughs) no that's that's cool i didn't i didn't even know you could do that that's that's neat uh you know you listed this piece as your favorite and i assume you're talking about the the base the bottom portion because there's it's what you did to the top was you painted it white and it looks like you put legs on it or little short legs uh, and so it's, it's, it's very unique. It's pretty, uh, it, it's, but it's a different look than the bottom and the bottom is, would you call it, it's like a blue, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's a blue. I don't know. I always seem to end up coming with a lot of people say these denim finishes or blue, looks like blue jeans. And I always think I'm like, Oh, I'm doing something <laughs> totally different. They're like, it looks like blue jeans. I'm like, Oh, well, blue jeans are cool. So that's cool. So tell us about the the look, the finish that you achieved, the way you described the first one we talked about, and I called it sort of a blue jean look too. And you used milk paint and three layers. What what was involved in achieving this look? Because, you know, listeners, you're definitely gonna have to go out and look if you're not, because you know, these aren't just solid pieces. They're pieces that, that are unique. Um, and even if Jeannie went out to replicate it, she could, but it still would be different, right? I mean that's that's the way oh, these things work. Yeah, I can't replicate my own work when it comes to these artistic finishes. I've had people that have asked for something and I I do, you know, tell them that you know, it's just with these artistic finishes, it's I can get the vibe of the other one. I can use the same colors, but it just I'm I'm a different person from last year when I did that piece. I can't <laughs> I can't do it again. So why why was this one your favorite? Um, I think because I like variety and this being one piece when I found it and then turning it into two pieces was really fun. Also, this was the first time I ever got a, um, a top, a glued up top mm-hmm. for, um, a piece. So that was kind of, I like new. So I'm like, Ooh, this is fun ordering this up. And then I had never tried this frotage, um, technique before, so I liked that a lot. And then the, the hutch top, I'd always wanted to turn one into like a, a bookshelf and put feet on it. So that was something fun that I was able mm-hmm. to do. And that one actually threw a lot of curveballs because getting the glass back in it was this bubble glass that bubbled out in between the framing of the, the crosshatch mm-hmm. framing of the glass. I couldn't use the rubber um trim to put the glass back mm-hmm. in i had to brainstorm <laughs> a lot of different ways and i tried a few different things um but ended up going with these little um they're for screen doors like to hold it in so i they're like yeah. little clips so i ended up doing that um to put that back in so even though that was a challenge for me it was fun to try to you know brainstorm and troubleshoot um what to do with it so i liked it wow well that's excellent 
Jeannie, it's a lot of fun chatting with you. Each piece you work on just has a happy look to it. Your love for refinishing really shines through. We're excited to feature you this month and look forward to the days ahead to see more Blush Vintage pieces hit the Instagram feed. So you take care. Thank you so much, Lane. We hope you enjoyed hearing from all of these talented artists. Stay tuned for next week's podcast, which will be the last podcast of 2020. We wanted to end on a fun note, so we are hosting the championship game of the Furniture Feud. It will feature Katie Cloud, Sarah Bolton, Kristen Litka, and Jeannie Pope. We had a great time with lots of laughs. And from all of us with the Zebra Crew, we want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, friends.